Whatever the moon was to us before or is to us now, in the future, it'll just be home. Coming to you from the future through a hole in the space-time continuum that hasn't been patched yet due to a lack of infrastructure funding, it's time for Tales from the Moon in Stereo Sound Division. This episode is brought to you by Marvin's Colossal Cosmic Shopadrome. Hello, I'd like to welcome you to come on down to Marvin's Colossal Cosmic Shopadrome for our specials this week on stuff for your pets. Food, spacesuits for outdoors, jetpacks for walks, chew toys, and whatnot. You need other stuff too, you know you do. Well, we're just the place to fix you up. Now, you may notice I'm not the cranky shrill maniac you usually hear on these ads. That's Marvin. My name is George. Hey, since sales at the store have been suffering of late, I'm just being honest with you here, a few of us who work for Marvin took him aside and said that if he wanted to keep having a business at all, he should stop throwing good money after bad just to get on the air and scare people half to death screaming and carrying on like he does. We suggested he should try changing it up a bit, and he finally listened to sense. So, here I am. The store's a good place. Fine people work there. I want to announce that we also, finally, have gotten him to agree to stay away from the place one night a week on Thursdays after five, since he is such an unpleasant person to have around while you're trying to focus on shopping. This way you folks can feel safe to come on by and look around in peace without him standing over your shoulder badgering you to buy a set of tires or whatever, or simply standing over in the corner as is his want and staring at you so maniacally, you end up calling social services. We've had quite enough of that. Obviously, having a proprietor who many mistake for a mad dog is no way to run an enterprise. Anyway... Come on by tonight after five to Marvin's Colossal Cosmic Shopadrome for what we hope will be the first of many new Marvin-free Thursdays and buy something for the love of heaven. Let's all do our part to encourage Marvin to stay away. That way you get good prices on a big selection of stuff, he stays in business, and all the rest of us down here get to keep our jobs. Thanks. This is Eric T. Brandenburg, your tour guide through space and time. This episode, it's time to consider an important question. Years from now, when we head into outer space, will our pets be coming along? Will there be animals in space? It may not seem like that big a deal, but think about it. Cats and dogs in particular have been with us ever since they got smart enough to con us out of meals and a place next to us on the couch. And who knew that just mewing, whining a bit, and looking up at us with at least a decent pretense of affection would have taken them so far. And while we've always pretty much known the lazy, fur-covered good-for-nothings were taking advantage of us, nonetheless, we have decided for untold thousands of years to give them a space in our homes and our lives anyway, 
Because let's face it, we like their company. Do we really think that's going to be any different when we live in outer space? It's awfully empty out there. Could get lonely on a Saturday night when we don't have other plans. So, will dogs, cats, birds, and all manner of other creatures be out there with us on the moon and rocketing through the void? Well, let me just say, wherever we go, dogs in particular have tended to tag along, and you have to give them credit, they've usually managed to make themselves useful. That's been true for eons, even as we migrated all across the earth, from the tropics to the poles, over untold oceans, deserts, mountains, savannas, swamps, and jungles. Anytime we looked down, there was usually some mutt trotting along beside us with a stick in its mouth, hoping we'd take the stick and throw it, just so it could bring it back to us again. To find out what it will be like to deal with pets on the moon years from now, let's start at a future pet shop to see what they've got on sale. Hello, how can I help you today, sir? Hello, I was thinking I'd like to buy a pet. I just moved into a bigger habitat. I was recently divorced. Place seems a bit empty. Totally understandable, sir. Uh, and I'm I'm very sorry. Uh, you came to the right place. I'm sure we can fix you right up. We have a few things here I'm sure you'd like. Um, and most are totally non-organic, 100% hygienic, and it goes without saying habitat broken. Well, I was I was thinking more along the lines of just a... Here, for instance, we have our online cockatooatron. An online what? It's a robot cockatoo, but it also serves as an audio interface to the galactic web. It can keep you company, but is also very practical, you see. You can tell it to play a song you'd like, or bring up your favorite program, or order things you need. Uh, it seems to be kind of agitated. It's just excited. It'll settle down once you put it to work. Let's have it order you something. Tell it you want a quart of milk. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I like a quart of milk. Quarter milk, quarter milk, quarter milk. There are now three quarts of milk in your shopping basket. Do you want to finalize your order? No. Yeah, finalize order, finalize order, finalize order. Yeah. I, I don't think this is... Did you mean to repeat your order for three quarts of milk three times and finalize it? Double your total order now for an additional discount. No, that isn't at all what... Repeat double finalize, repeat double finalize, repeat double finalize. Yeah. Thank you. Your order for 72 quarts of milk is now on its way. People who bought this also bought... 72 boxes of Cosmic Crunch breakfast cereal. Would you like to order that now? Stop! Order now, order now, order now, ah! Does this thing have a cord you can yank, or do you just have to strangle it? 216 boxes of Cosmic Crunch have been added to your order. We overheard a declaration indicating a possible imminent assault. The authorities have been notified. Thank you for your Just order. let me cancel that. It, it's a new model. Always a few kinks. I don't think that's what I'm looking for. Um, do you have something more along the lines of just a... Here, sir, we have our jumbo aquarium. Just the thing for someone living alone. No muss, no fuss, and the advances in robotics allow us to simulate and miniaturize all sorts of things. Very amusing. Well, how does that work? Well, first of all, just look here under the water. In place of the usual simple aeration mechanism, we have a full miniature sunken city populated by a miniature robot population. I think they used to call it Atlantis. I, I see. Uh, looks very elaborate. You can buy all sorts of modules. There's an undersea train and buses and all sorts of houses and buildings, you see. All very collectible. And people bustling around riding robot fish. Very interesting. And here we even have a, a demonstration going on in the town square. How lifelike. What are they protesting? They're, they're holding up signs toward us. 
The signs say, quit staring at us. I, I really don't think. In any case, my favorite part is what happens up on the surface of the tank. You can reenact famous sea battles from Earth history. For instance, there's Lord Nelson's Battle of Trafalgar. I, I can't say I'm familiar with... You'll get the idea. Now, I just hit this button here, and you'll see this little hatch opens over there. And that's the English fleet coming across the tank. And here is the French fleet popping out of this other hatch over here. Wow, that, that is pretty amazing. And look at all those little people running around on the decks. They look pretty excited. Well, they would be uh, all robotic, I assure you. The two fleets will meet in just a moment over here. And what do they do then? Oh, well, they, they have at it. Have at it? Oh, my. Are they shooting real? Ouch! I think one of those, whatever they are, hit me. Well, yes, real cannon fire leads greatly to the air of authenticity. There's typically a bit of collateral damage. Uh, could you just shut that off? Oh, well, well, of course. Does the tank come with any, uh, fish? Fish? Oh, we, we have a wonderful robotic giant squid who you can release into the middle of all this. It even has an adjustable setting for just how much havoc you want it to unleash, as it were. I can show you if... But are there any, you know, real fish? Well, sir, given all the other advanced features and the general level of, um... Well, I'm, I'm afraid real fish would just get in the way and sort of, well, get shot and gum up the works. I if you know what I mean. Not terribly practical. I see. Uh, no thank you, then. Very sorry, sir. If you are totally set on live animals... Uh, I think so. Do you spend much time out in space, sir? Uh, I do make trips from time to time. Very good. Well, many feel there is no better companion than a cat. And we have a new model, specially bred and totally trained for zero gravity. If you just step into this chamber here, we can do a zero-g simulation. And we'll just turn on the simulator. Oh my, I, I feel a bit nauseous. Perfectly normal in zero-g, sir. And you can see we're weightless now. And we open this hatch over here where we keep our little furry friends. They'll start drifting out in a moment. And as you can see, they're floating by in the air and they are all totally fine with that. No trouble at all. Now, they don't seem all that comfortable floating around to me. Uh, maybe we It just takes a few moments for them to adjust to zero gravity. They actually seem pretty scared. Is, is this safe? Whoa, watch out there. Shoe, shoe puss. I don't think they're listening to you. Oh my, two have latched onto my legs. Uh, ow! Uh, let me get that one off your head. Thank you. Uh, let, let me turn this off. Gravity's returning to normal. And you'll notice that almost all of them landed on their feet. Could we get out of this thing? Of course, sir. Oh, that's a relief. Now, sir, let me think just a moment on what else we might show you. What's that I see in the back there? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that, sir. May I look? Well, well of course, sir, but it's all terribly ordinary. The city council insists that we have these. Uh, they're, they're all from the local shelter. Now, this is more like it. Oh, my, they all look very cute. I suppose, sir. What's this one's name? It doesn't have a name, sir. It's just a mutt. If you if you do have your heart set on a dog, we have contacts with a number of breeders for a purebred. Well, how about George? Would you like that, George? Sounds like that's good with George. I'll take him. Better take a leash too, a bowl, fleet collar, some dog food, a puppy moon suit for walks outside. And a few of those chew toys over there, all right? Very good, sir. I'll ring that up for you.
Since dogs have been a part of our lives for so long, it probably makes sense to look a bit closer at the canine situation. And to help us with that, let's tune in to Wayne and Skipper, the LKOJ DJs, from our first broadcast. Good morning, Beetle Bay! And a great big Beetle Bay shout-out to all our listeners on the moon, the space stations, Mars, the asteroids, and all the ships in space. We're brought to you today by Beetle Beer. Beetle Beer! It's cheap, it doesn't taste that bad, and it's guaranteed to get the job done. Now in the double case, with its own wheels and handle for easy transport to wherever it is you're going, and we recommend if you buy this, that that's straight home. We're coming to you today from Clavius Crater Town at the Clavius Crater Town Coliseum. And why is it we're here today, Skip, so far away from our native soil? I can't say, Wayne. I'm too depressed. I understand. Well, boys and girls, let me explain. Because of certain past events, which cannot be mentioned, in the course of which yours truly and Skip offended the entire population of a certain planet, which cannot be named, but which most certainly cannot take a joke. Must be something in the water. Your dear Wayne and Skipper have spent the last several months working off a bit of what might be called bad broadcast karma. (laughs) Running all-night telethons for horrible diseases. Acting as master ceremonies at supermarket opening. Visiting the sick and infirm, poor things. Doing whatever is asked of us with a smile and a song in our hearts. Eating the bitter bread of penitence in the hopes that someday we could work our way out of the darkness and back over to the good side of that harshest and most unforgiving of gods. Public opinion, which strikes fear-like into the hearts of the meek and the mighty. Which is why we find ourselves today preparing to recount to you all the suspense, the glamour, the excitement, and the anticipation of... The Clavius Crater Town Kennel Club dog show. I'm afraid we have gone to the dogs now, Skip. These are our dog days, Wayne. There's no denying. So, dear listeners, if we sound like our tails are dragging, like we feel lower than a kicked cur on Christmas morning, you know why. Wayne and Skipper have been reduced to serving as chaperones at the pooch Prom. A couple of hired footmen at the mongrel ball. And will you look at those stuck-up curs, Skip, putting on airs. As if they won't be sniffing each other's behinds ten seconds after leaving this m- Mardi Gras. Not to mention lifting their legs on every wall in sight. I tell you, it's a crime. I suppose you were going to get around to introducing me eventually, but this is Clive Standish. I'm the president of the Kennel Club. Hello. We're just getting started with the final round. The first finalist is in the working dog category. Working dogs. Now, there is a contradiction in terms. A bunch of fur-covered layabouts and moochers. That's what dogs are. Look at that mutt. I bet you it hasn't worked a day in its life. Where's its union card? Show me its paws. I want to see its calluses. This is Petty John St. Francis out of Fluffy Sandton. He is a satellite retriever. A satellite retriever? How in the name of Captain Beto's sacred silver underdrawers is that supposed to work, Clive? Satellite retrievers work in groups. They have special spacesuits with rocket packs. Their human crews take them out in space to the site and then they work with them to retrieve satellites that have ended their useful life. 
You mean if those animals chased a spaceship, they might actually catch it? What if they bring it home? What if they try and bury it in the backyard? What if the people inside couldn't get out? What if they bring home a missile? My lord, that doesn't sound safe. What happens if they have to pee? What happens, Clive, when they have to do, you know, a big doggy duty? Do they wear diapers? Who changes the diapers? Now there's a job. You see, Skip, things could be worse, though not by much. Our next dog is in the hunting dog category. It is a lunar greyhound. That animal is emaciated. It looks like certain film stars I could mention. Can't tell if you're looking at their photograph or their x-ray. Have you been starving that poor animal, Clive? Lunar greyhounds have been specially bred to hunt genetically engineered rabbits that are released in lava tubes beneath Clavius Crater Town and in underground game preserves on the far side. They were also used in the distant past on Earth in dog racing. A hunting dog? Oh, please, Clive, that dog won't hunt. You've been cheated. If it was any good at catching things, don't you think it would have some meat on its bones? If that dog ever caught up to anything in its entire life... My name is Barky Barkington out of Fido Mudface. That poor animal has plainly not had a square meal in years. Skip, do you have a sandwich or something you could toss that poor pooch? Pray not, Wayne. Oh, the humanity. Won't someone get that dog a bowl of kibble? This is plainly an emergency. I'd like to ask all our listeners to send dog treats to Clive Standish, care of the Kennel Club, so that dog can have something to eat. Clive, don't you have a few treats in your pocket you can toss its way? You're a president. Spread the wealth. And now in the toy category, we have a Jovian pug. Its name is Hamilton Shackleford, out of Domsworth Fitzhugh. In the kennel, it just goes by Sprinkles. My lord. It looks like a four-legged dumpling ran headfirst into a concrete wall. If that's its head, I can't tell. Jovian pugs were bred to be highly tolerant of low gravity and to be good company on long space flight. They are jolly and affectionate and make very good companions. Jolly? I couldn't be jolly if I looked like that. What's it got to be jolly about? It's from Jupiter. Well, that makes sense. Everything out there is wrinkled, stunted, and looks like it needs a stiff drink. Our next category is a more recent one created in the last few years. Protector dogs. And in this category, we have the Lunar Protector, specially bred working dogs used by law enforcement and the military as guard dogs to quell riots, sniff out drugs, and other contraband, and with a specially bred ability bordering on the telepathic to sense hostility and lying in witnesses. The dogs are strongly built, hardy, easily trained, obedient and exceptionally loyal to their masters. Our finalist in this category is named Patton Montgomery Wellington out of Napoleon Charlemagne, but around the kennel they just call him Monster. My lord, Skip, will you look at that thing? I didn't think animals bred with tanks. I wouldn't want to meet that in the dark kennel on a Saturday night. Does it have a sense of humor? No. And since I can see you two are particularly interested in this breed, I have a special treat. I have two lunar protectors of my own. They are named Mephistopheles and Caligula. Come here, boys. Come on. Come on. There's a good doggy woggy. Oh, just pop and love you too, Carly. Yo, sit, 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 sit. 
You see these two gentlemen sitting here? Watch. Listen. Ah, uh, yes. Very pretty dogs, Clive. Nice pooch. Thank you. That's them sensing aggression and fear. I suggest you think about something jolly. Ah, uh, okay. Our next category is Retrievers. And our finalist is a martial retriever named Olympia Venus out of Aries Minerva. Martial retrievers are specially bred to fetch drones that have had issues and have to be brought back from where they've been marooned out on the plains of Mars. Well, would you look at that fine-looking animal? It looks nice enough to take home. Don't you think, Skip? Ah, sure does, Wayne. And finally, since we are talking about outer space, and outer space is pretty strange, it only makes sense that we check out the pet situation in the strangest place I know of out there in the moon of the future, sub-level 51. Sub-level 51 maintenance, this is Sam. This is Elroy Stack in Habitat 51-456G. Uh, I have a few issues I'd like to talk to you about. What seems to be the problem? Well, you're not going to believe this, Sam, but uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and my habitat seems to have a glowing orange fog covering the entire floor. Uh, most alarming. Well, that does sound disturbing. In addition to that, uh, I don't know if you can hear it, but out in the hallway there seem to be a lot of drones and robots and robot dogs stomping around. Uh, they seem quite agitated, making an awful lot of noise. Sure you're not asleep and just dreaming this, sir? Well, I am talking to you, Sam. Uh, so unless you're asleep and just happen to be having the same dream as me, uh, no, I think it's safe to say I am fully awake and fully cognizant of my surroundings. I see. Uh, good point. The uh, dogs, drones, and robots all seem to be looking for something. Any idea what it is they might have misplaced, Sam? Uh, let me check on something. Oh, yes, I see. Well, I should have remembered. Uh, uh, this is unfortunate. What's that? Well, as you are aware, sir, we have had some issues here on sublevel 51 with certain kinds of pests. Most of them are relatively small, no big issue there. Uh, pest control, as you know, makes its rounds every other Wednesday to do inspections, spray a little bit of something they never quite identify uh, here and there, lay the odd trap, all by way of showing they're doing something, though between you and me, sir, the pests never seem to be completely eradicated, and I sometimes wonder whether that is, in fact, part of their business model, if you get my meaning. I often have the same question myself, Sam. Understood. Well, there is one particularly loud and rather persistent Persistent pest we have not had any luck in eradicating, even quieting down, frankly, and it has been felt given the noise issues, and given the fact we have had this pest control contract for some time, and this particular pest does fall within the uh, purview of uh, said contract, uh, pressure was applied to the pest control company, and they insisted they would take care of things uh, right away in a unobtrusive manner. Well, Sam, uh, I would have to say that if this is their version of being unobtrusive, I'd hate to see it when they want to be noticed. Understood, sir. I'll make a note of that. 
Uh, the pest in question, Sam. Would that happen to be the one that we usually hear out in the hall almost oh, nights? Oh, that one. Yes, sir. Uh, large? Yeah. Big teeth? So it is said, sir. Quite hairy? I do believe we're talking about the same thing, sir. Huh. As a matter of fact, it may be my hearing is playing a few tricks on me, but I seem to hear something in your general vicinity of a rather large and bestial nature, sir. I know things are a little distracted at the moment, but if you would look around you, uh, do you happen to see any big, rather hairy, scary-looking uh, members of the animal kingdom in your immediate vicinity, sir? Well, Sam, now, there's a peculiar thing. Uh, I don't know quite how to say this. This is sub-level 51, sir. Peculiar is our middle name. I'm all ears. Well, you have to admit, Sam, uh, this issue with uh, the animal presence in the hall has been uh, going on for some time. I wouldn't dream of denying it, sir. Practically a fixture, and as I have said in the past, while it does make a fair amount of noise, it keeps things fairly neat. Uh, makes a bit of a mess in the garbage looking for food, but then neatens up after itself quite nicely. I think it's generally agreed that the animal is terrifying, sir, but I can't say anyone has ever accused it of being slovenly. No. Well, the truth is, Sam, and, and you may think ill of me for this. Our specialty is maintenance, sir. We leave judgment to the Almighty. Well, to be honest, uh, a while back, I started leaving out some food for the things. It seemed to be hungry, after all, and uh, having it go through the trash causes an awful racket. Not advisable to feed it, sir. I hear you, but in any case, over time, uh, we became, well, uh, quite friendly. And, and while hardly what you would call large, my habitat did have a bit of space available I could spare over in the corner. You don't mean to say, sir. Well, Sam, you have to admit, having it roam the halls really wasn't very nice for anyone concerned. I suppose, sir. And I've gotten that little space there fixed up, blanket and some chew toys, a ball that's quite fond of. It's settled down there quite nicely. Uh, to be frank, though, at the moment we're both on top of the table as the orange glowing fog doesn't really look very healthy. Well, as I'm sure you know, Mr. Stack, uh, we do have a no-pet policy here on sub-level 51. I hear ya, but given that uh, a lot of the rules, as I understand them, aren't exactly hard and fast down here, uh, I was hoping in this case uh, we could make an exception. Well, I'll have to think on that, Mr. Stack. Uh, I will have to think on that. Uh, I would suggest in the meantime, uh, make sure your door is locked. And if anyone asks to be let in for an inspection, I'd uh, put your, well, your animal acquaintance in the shower and uh, say you have a friend over. I'll see that the uh, pest control team is moved on to another area, and you should see that fog dissipating within the next half hour or so. Anything else I can help you with, sir? I uh, know, Sam. I, I think that's it. Thank you. And thank you for calling Sublevel 51 Maintenance. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Tales from the Moon. If you're curious to hear more about future lunar culture, how the Earthlings and the people of the moon get on after a rather rough reacquaintance, and what exactly happened to, well, all of us on Earth back in the past, tune into our next episode of Tales from the Moon, which should appear in roughly two weeks. And if you feel enlightened by this podcast and think it might lead to the cultural betterment of others, please tell a friend. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a review. This is Eric T. Brandenburg, signing off until next time. To keep up with events on the moon, go to www.talesfromthemoon.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Moontail Podcast, on Instagram at Tales from the Moon, and on Facebook 
at Tales from the Moon podcast. Tales from the Moon is produced, written, and performed by Eric T. Brandenburg. Thanks to zapsplat.com for the music and sound effects. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.